Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Are you ready for two aging mid level Hollywood celebrities who think a podcast is a good idea and who ask the eternal question to fill the hole in their soul? Did we do it? Here they are, Cage and Kevin! Hold on, we're recording. We're recording. Oh, we're recording? So that we're means the show Always record in always five, four, three, two. Oh, yeah. STP. Pilots, did we do it? I don't know. We're gonna have to see. Come on. What's that I hear? Oh, did we do it? Here we go. Oh, did we do it? What's that? That's the question that we ask on our podcast. Did we do it? Oh. We do have someone oh, popping in. Somebody I know? Someone you know. Sort of. <laughs> oh, wait, I teed you up. <laughs> I don't know him. Right, right. I love, you know, that is totally encapsulates that you do tell me what I want to hear a lot. Sure. <laughs> I feed the beast. Yeah. Did we do it? So we do have someone popping by today. It's a pop by. It's a hang. It's a chit chat. It's a compare notes. It's a Hollywood. I like when you say pop by or like hang because it reminds me of, you know, Kyle Mooney. I know Kyle very well. We did a little show together called Hello Ladies, the Stephen Merchant show that ran on HBO for one season, plus a movie, plus a movie, a wrap up movie. Let's not forget the movie. You played a physically challenged person. I did. It was a guy who was in a wheelchair who was not necessarily empathetic. He was an aggressive ladies' man, much to Merchant's character's chagrin, because my character, who was 
in a wheelchair was very successful with the women and Steven's character was not. And and they were friends, but adversaries at the same time. There's and Kyle played that- Steven's Kyle played Steven's assistant and he was hilarious. He was, uh, that was a funny part for him. The assistant, because he, he, he played it great. But I was just going to say what read to me instantly was your character represented that being sexy is on the inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, he he got all the ladies, and he yeah. was just completely comfortable. It's interesting about that show because I remember stopping by the editing bay, or as Stephen taught me the phrase, he was on the deck. Oh, Kevin, come, I'm on the deck. Come on the that's deck. Funny. I, that's all you say now when you're editing to me. Say, <laughs> I'm on the deck. So thank you, Stephen so Merchant. Proud. You are so proud of that. <laughs> being on the deck. Yeah, I'm on the deck. It's so like I stopped, being on the ship. You're on the ship. Yeah, I stopped by, and you know the 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 show was fantastic. It was hilarious, but it had a bit of the British sensibility, the British comedy. It doesn't pander to the American audience. It's at times very very cringy. As those guys do, Ricky and Steven. I think you're apologizing for them being a little behind the times. I'm going to have to. Well, this was 2013, but Steven did turn to me and he said, look, he said, you know, I'm just trying to make something that's funny. He doesn't subscribe to any sort of kind of what is appropriate (laughs) rules. Did someone telling racist jokes say that? I was just trying to be funny. Yeah. I don't know if that washes. But in Stephen's defense, there were no racist jokes. I it, it was just not. It didn't <laughs> no, have. It didn't have that kind of warm and fuzzy. I was making the example by of course, scream. of course. But he took the note, and in the movie, which was kind of the wrap-up movie, and the only reason why the show didn't continue on was there were you know new management came into HBO and they wanted a clean slate. They wanted to kind of start new over. Management. <laughs> new management. <laughs> The, the 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 regime that had shepherded the hey, show. What's going on here? What's wrong? We're under new management. <laughs> it's kind of like the country. We have new peeps in charge. And uh, they said, look, you know, we love you, Stephen. We love the show. We are kind of recalibrating what's happening here at HBO. Why don't you do a movie? And in Stephen's defense, he kind of took the note and the movie had a real undercurrent of charm and empathy. And, and it was really well, sweet. You know, I have a reputation I've, I've heard I haven't listened to an episode, but that I don't like anything. And I'll, I'll know. Have uh, people so told you that people have said? People have <laughs> said like, man, well, it was Pam. Oh, was <laughs> Pam. It was Pam. Pam. I don't know. Well, yeah. You listen to all of them on a road trip, which I plan to do on a cross country trip. We're taking on the, did we do it podcast? The did we duets? You're saying the band or? No, we take a cross country trip, like one of those sure. shows or something. And sure. we're going to small towns. Like uh, Ewan McGregor and his old mate that he met on a film project, but they were on motorcycles. I'm not really good with motorcycles. We're more city mice. Yes. They did it a few years ago. They did it again. And this time they used eco-friendly electric BMW motorcycles. So maybe we should get sponsored. Are the BMW, can you send us over the new X5 electric for our road trip? On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends. And I can't wait to get on the road again. On the road again. Going places that I've never been. Seeing things that I may never see again. Today on the show, we have Dan Barron. Do you know the name? (laughs) He's my agent. 
as my mother says, Dan's so cute. Uh, Dan is a lovely guy. He saw me in a play in 1995. How many years ago is that now? 26 years when, uh, doing a play with my theater company, Buffalo Nights. And we have been working together ever since we've been, as his career and my career have progressed, we have been together at four different agencies. But he is like a, he is kind of a guy in Hollywood that everybody knows, everybody loves. He's from Jersey. He's a Springsteen fan. He, he is a bulldog of an agent. He's, you know, he's somebody, if you're an actor or you're interested in how the, the machinations of Hollywood works, how the sausage is made, as our great friend Lin-Manuel Miranda once said, he's not really my friend, but. <laughs> I know people were saying that before Lin got a hold of it. How the sausage was made. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Well, in Hamilton, it's, uh, you know, it's an iconic line in the musical. So uh, I think Dan's going to be a great hang. He was a little nervous. He, he did ask for a list of questions, which That's I said. absurd. I don't um, think he quite understands the flavor of our. No, he's listened to every podcast. Wow. So Dan's coming on. He's very excited. You know, he'll, he'll stop by for a hang for a chit chat. We'll peel back the curtain. If you're an actor Listen. or you're interested in uh, what's Here's going what on in Hollywood, stick around. Stick around. Kevin, you're out of touch. Kevin, you're out of touch. You're out of touch. You're out of touch. Out of time. Oh, all notes. You uh, you live in your your Hollywood tower, your Hollywood yeah. bubble. You know, mm -hmm. you're working actor. God bless you. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, it's Jack. Hold on. I'll get him on the cast. Dude. 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 Yeah. How goes it? It's going good. What's happening? Uh, is this returning your call? Oh, dude, I did call. I got, um, dude, I got taken down. My post was taken down. Did what? you see? Did you see the one of my shorts? I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I was just showing off my new shorts, and they took it down. Dude, you should tell. You should tell him he's on the cat. You know what I mean? Well, so you were trying to get taken down. No, I wasn't, and my mom was pissed. Dude, I'm doing the podcast right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh. Call me after. Okay. Can you believe that? Well, you sent me that photo of a close-up of your genitalia in some tight shorts. And I thought, dude, what? Why are you sending me this? And then I, I then saw it on my, Instagram. Okay. Let, me, let me flip the script on that. <laughs> I sent you a picture of my new shorts right. that happened to be tight. And yes, I do have genitalia. I'm sorry to inform you. Yeah. And I would like to see if that were a woman and she, I don't know, had a picture of her new blouse. And she was uh, had large breasts or something. Would that be would that be taken down? Yeah, I don't know. It did seem a little Andre Agassi though, like you were going about to go for a bike ride. Do you know what I mean? Like they were like look like bike shorts. Were they bike shorts? Well, that of course that was the intention. I mean, you know, <laughs> let's, let's turn over. I was impressed here. that you put it up on Instagram. I was like, wow, that's bold. It was, <laughs> but I just was in a. You know what it was? It's so. This is the saddest thing. Is that yeah. And I have you. You needed. You wanted views. some likes. You were thirsty for likes. No, and I thought, oh god, am I going to play that card? But then I honestly was just. I was trying them on. I thought, God, these are, these are too tight. And and then you know when you when you pull, <laughs> when you pull them up and the, and yeah. the moose knuckle. Plus, I have been writing a song, and this isn't even a joke, called Moose Knuckle, celebrating can, the moose knuckle. Can we hear them? Well, it's sort of a, it's not really that, but I mean, this is the start. Work in uh, progress, work, work in progress. progress. Um, That's all right. Like, this? You heard about the legend of the camel toe. Well, let me tell you, brother, there's more to know. Moose knuckle. 
Everything that you wanna be. Moose knuckle. knuckle. You can't get get it for free. Moose knuckle. knuckle. Look behind your own bed buckle. That's where you're gonna find your moose knuckle. Or something like that. <laughs> You can see Look where it's behind going. your own belt buckle. That's where you will find your own moose knuckle. No. And we'll be right back here in the morning zoo. That was Kyle Gass's new song, Moose Knuckle. That's the actual Kyle Gas at Instagram. If you're on Instagram, check out underscore did we do it underscore. There are a couple shout outs I need to give before we uh, continue on, my friend. We have a fan. Turns out this is a guy I worked with back in the alias days. He was a stand-in. For those who don't know what a stand-in is, uh, after you, everybody knows. Everybody knows. All right. Well, you do the rehearsal, and then plus the, uh, they've plus got the, a light. It takes time to light, especially in the days of of a feature film. I mean, using actual film, it took quite a while to light. So they stand in. This guy was my stand-in, Kevin Carvel. Wonderful dude. Reached out, said he's listened to every episode. In fact, he makes comments on each episode, which songs he likes, which bits he likes. So, Kevin, we appreciate the love. I Wait, also his name's Kevin too. Yeah. What are the odds of that? Yeah. I guess next to John, it's probably the most common name there is. <laughs> Have you ever grown up a guy? God, why Kevin? Really, mom and dad? Was that, was it's that so funny because yeah, because I'm not even. It's not you know we're, we come from a Eastern European Jewish family of which Kevin is not. <laughs> well, you know what they were trying to do, don't you? What's that? They were trying to protect me from the anti-Semites. Yeah. yeah well, my father was really into Irish culture, supposedly, and he loved the name Kevin. I will say, though, you are a Kevin. You, I think your name, you are the Kevin. But isn't it because, you know, people say, like, I could never see somebody else no. play that role, or I could never look at you and think of it. I can't look at you and think, like, you're a Kyle. I look at Jack. He's a Jack. It's a nation's I look, you, you know, know what I mean? Like, you, you know just, where that phenomenon comes in is when you do temp music for, a, like, a, a movie or TV show or something. Yeah. You just put in music that's maybe famous. You're not going to be able to afford it. Sure. Something from the mission, Ennio Morricone. You know what I mean? It's like for some. It's perfect. And then you watch it. And then, as you know, when you're editing, you have to watch it again and again. And and then everyone gets used to it. And now I can't watch that scene. Right. Carter, put in a little rousing music from the mission. And Kyle and I will do something serious. All right. I got to do something. Kevin, the numbers just don't add up. If they continue in this direction, we got to do something. Well, this is what we've got to do. What? We've got to stay positive. Do you understand? My teacher in the Buddhist philosophy said, consistency is love. Consistency is love. This isn't the moment, Gavin. You don't have time to pontificate. We've got to do something now. Let's do it. All right, see? So with the music, it sounded better with the music. Now, we can't air that scene with original music, because now people will associate the great Ennio Morricone's soundtrack to the mission to our to the bit we just did. Oh, so one other shout, <laughs> one more shout out. I, yeah, my yeah, my my kids 
uh, principal, Diana Wilmont, up in Northern California. She's listened to every podcast. She's a huge fan of yours. She loves the D. She loves music. I actually saw her at a Dead & Company show. We danced. We had fun. Wonderful woman. Her husband's great, too, Dewey, and her kids are great. And she's dealing with a little health crisis right now. And she's uh, such a positive person. She's battling through. I thought maybe you could give her, you know, some inspirational notes on the guitar just to just to help her through diana this is for you started to sing that, but I realized it'd be better if I didn't. better diana wilmot we love you and that gave me some chills some chills that was good it's funny what the takeaway i got from that was if you listen to did we do it your troubles will be will will slowly fall away off the bone maybe it's uh yeah i mean over the (laughs) rainbow is it was really an idealized uh vision of what things could be somewhere over the rainbow so I don't know if you yeah. know, it is the 35th anniversary of the great film Taxi Driver. Did you know that? And I have oh a surprise God. for you. What? We've got somebody in the waiting room. I no. met him recently through my friend Bradley what? Cooper. They worked oh. together. Yes, they worked together on the David O. Russell film. And he's Ooh. really cool. I, he started listening to the podcast and he wants to say hello. Hold on. Let me bring him in. I can't believe that. How did you? Bobby D. Hold on. You get him. Kyle. What? Kyle, how you doing? Robert De Niro? <laughs> I cannot believe. Why yeah. are you doing our podcast? You no, know, Kyle, I like to support art. I like to support people that are doing good things. Do you understand what I mean? This is amazing. <laughs> I can't believe I'm, Well, listen, we are obviously, we're such big fans, and I can't believe you're Kyle, here. What I want to talk about today is a movie, Taxi Driver. 35 years. Have you seen it? When was the last time you saw it, Kyle? <laughs> I've seen it so many times. I love that. It's an iconic motion picture. Oh, thank you, You were Kyle. fantastic. I remember. Thank you. Are you talking to me? <laughs> remember that part? Remember you, of course I remember and, you talking and to me. You were alone in your own room, and you're like, you're right. talking to me. It's like you're going That's crazy, right. and then you had the mohawk. 
You remember that? <laughs> of course, oh. that was my idea. Marty and what I were talking. We said, yeah. shouldn't he have like kind of an interesting hairdo? So we yeah, brought yeah. Barbara, who does the hair, and, well, and Marty and I, and uh, we came up terrifying. with that. Now, I don't know if you remember the, the young actress in the movie, Jodie. Jodie Foster, you remember? Jodie Foster, sure. Yeah. One, <laughs> she's wonderful, wonderful. Loved her in the Bad News Bears. After that, all the things. <laughs> and she's very good. As are you, Kyle. I saw you in Elf. What? And, uh, <laughs> no, you were, you were wonderful. Of... You were wonderful. <laughs> very organic. So I, I said to Marty, I said, listen, I'd like to pick Jodie up in my, uh, in my car. I took her to lunch. Uh, Second Avenue Deli for three days in a row. You ever been there? They got a, a wonderful mushroom barley soup. Wonderful mushroom barley soup. And we would run the lines. And I would pick her up every... I had a, uh, a Cadillac, and I'd pick her... I understand you got a car from 1960 that uh, your partner gave you. <laughs> oh, my car. That's so I look crazy. at your Instagram. I turned 60, and Jack yeah. gave me a 1960 oh, Cadillac. You know, put him on. Put, put Jack on. Put Jack on? I'd like to say hello. He's a wonderful sure. actor. Uh, well... Is he there? He's not here. Is he there? Well, he's not Put him here. on the phone. <laughs> Kyle? Kyle? It's funny because he just called me on the phone. He called you? Tell him to call me. Kevin said if I come on, I could talk to Jack. <laughs> now, Kevin's going to cut all this together. So, I... Uh, <laughs> you know how Kevin puts together... Yeah, he's wonderful with the editing. He's wonderful. He's a wonderful... Did you ever see him on the Pauly Shore show? He was wonderful. Yes, I love that Pauly Shore. I just can't believe you came in. Thanks, Bobby. I love you guys, and you listen to me. You're going to do it. You're going to make it. <laughs> De Niro. That was amazing. How did you get him? Well, I don't know, dude. I just asked him. That's the thing. You get him every... <laughs> you just ask have him. to ask. ask him. thou shalt receive it from the Bible. No, you could have been a wonder. Taking your circus to the sky. It's funny, I was listening to your buddy, Dr. G, who we've referenced a lot on this podcast. Mm -hmm. the, he never the, calls, by the way. He never calls. He never calls you? I don't think he has my number. Can we get him on the I, podcast? We're not real. Can we? Yeah. Can we get him on the... Somebody, our people. I think we can get him. Listen, we got we got some good ones coming up. We got Kyle Mooney. We got Colin you Hanks. I just brought him up. What? No, we got no. Kyle Mooney. We got Colin Hanks Colin coming Hanks. up. Dude, we got Brett Michaels. No, we don't. stopping in the studio. Yeah, Rock of Love. Yeah. Well, I think he approached us actually, and he had he approached us. <laughs> Brett Michaels. Somehow he so got wind. So I was listening to an interview with Dr. G, and he was talking about how the Foo Fighters were asked to be Mick Jagger's backing band on SNL because he was doing it was without the Stones. This was a few years back, yeah. and they got to the sound check. Rehearsal, not the sound check, the rehearsal. Because I guess you've you've played on on he's played on SNL, which we'll, I want I you to get to. But there's rehearsal throughout the week, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You don't just show up on Saturday as the band. It's a live show that rehearses during the week. Yes, right. Especially even for the for the music as well. You have to kind of get the camera yeah. blocking, and yeah, you want to sure. play your songs. You know. So it got to rehearsal and mix like, oh, you know. Um, I've been up all night, you guys. I'm I'm sorry. I was working on some town phone. I'm not going to have the energy today. And and Dave's like, yeah, dude, whatever. We're just marking it. It's first. And then as, I think they might have played Jumpin' Jack Flash. And as soon as the first chord 
Mick was doing the thing. He was dancing. He was roostering all over the, <laughs> I was born and he's yeah. going back and forth. And it's just like, and, and Jay's like, oh, oh my God, it's Mick Jagger doing his thing for us, my manager and like four camera guys and his publicist. Sure. And, and I started thinking like, when you're a performer like that, even if it's like six people. Well, what are you practicing for? I mean, are you practicing to be like a relaxed guy? I mean, actually we do that. And so we were sort of marking it as we say. Yeah, but I've seen videos of your sound checks, and they're always they're always full energy. Really, I haven't seen those. I like to see them. Yeah, actually, that's sometimes the most fun. <laughs> you know, the sound check. It's pretty loose, and that's where you play all the covers, which reminds me, you know. Yeah, you sent me that cover. What was that one you guys did in? It was a U two. Maybe when you did the U two song. Sunday Bloody Sunday. No, it was a no. It was a it was a Thin Lizzy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we did uh, tonight. It's going to be a jailbreak. Yes, jailbreak. Somewhere in this town. I don't know Is that I'm on YouTube? British. Us doing yeah. jailbreak. Yeah, I think we opened every show with it, so it's good. All right, can we, uh, Carter? Can we pop that up? It's a great song, but I remember you sending me the the sound check of it, and I was like, man, these guys are playing. You guys are all jamming like you're playing for fifty thousand people. Right. But isn't that kind of the fun or, or isn't that? Yeah, I know. Yeah. How else can you do it? Do it though. Because I'm not asking for justification. It. I just find it like, that's just oh. the artist thing. It's like, we can't right. not perform. Right. It is though, but you do actually I've seen some like Stevie Ray Vaughan sound checks and it's just kind of the same only just kind of dressed really relaxed and it's just kind of like kicking it. You know. Well, maybe better, because I always think like, ah, oh, my best takes are the ones when the camera's on the other act, because I'm so relaxed. Kyle, I got a question for you. Yes. Are you looking for shoes? Oh, I love shoes. Sure. More specifically, are you looking for a fresh pair of sneakers? Kicks. Well, I like sneakers, uh, yeah. but I'm kind of into the vintage, retro, classic designs. Really rare sneakers. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a thing. Mm, well, I know where you can find them. What? eBay. What? eBay. That's right. eBay, whether rare dead stock or the latest release, you can find the exact shoe you're looking for at ebay.com slash sneakers today. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators will verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop the pair that you, Kyle Gass, have been eyeing. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. Give us a little jingle jangle for eBay. eBay, they're coming through on eBay. Oh, they're going to get your shoes for you. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. That was our first ad. 
right, now I know we got it. He's not even in his chair. Oh. He's not prepared. Dan, where have you been? I need to get a beanie. We've been waiting. It is the yeah. podcast. It is my aesthetic. In fact, I just, I need to rearrange it. You know, welcome, Dan. We were just talking about something that you, hold on a second. This is an audio presentation, by the way. You could Even probably, uh, Kevin, you could you probably. Do it. Is that just so you feel better? What? You have the beanie on? Well, it's it's my podcast aesthetic. I know, have you... but nobody sees it, so I'm saying it's for No, me. well, I, I am, when we do the uh the YouTube channel that they're setting up over at oh. Believe. Do you believe? Gonna, that's not good. Well, Dan, working. how are you? Welcome. I'm excited to be here. I've been <laughs> Did Kevin tell you I've been a big fan? I've been listening. I've listened to everyone. He has. That is crazy. That's crazy flattering. I can't, I can't say I've listened to uh, any other podcast consistently. But it's What's your so takeaway so far? Uh-oh. Um, what are your notes? notes? Do you have any oh, notes? God. I know you always like to say I'm the actor. You don't like to give me notes, but... <laughs> What are the notes? Exactly, you are. Well, no I don't know. Did I have entrance music? Oh my See, God, I, I suggested oh it, and Kyle said that it might make you feel oh a little awkward to have Matt, entrance Matt music. Matt Walsh got Matt Walsh got music. <laughs> I just said that, Dan. I said, please play him in, and he's like, I don't want to make Dan uncomfortable. Because right. I said you were nervous. I told you. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. We <laughs> have. Yeah. Asian of 45 years. Not that many. A denizen of Hollywood, Mr. Dan Ben. Hey. You hope to see Dan on a podcast. All right. You can see where this is going. Amazing. Six years because I believe I was 24 when we met when I was doing sophistry with in 1994 with Buffalo Nights at the Lost Studio on La Brea, which I don't think you saw. I think I didn't. I didn't see. I got to meet you the next day or the next week. Everyone, Patty and Holly came back and they were like, "We went to the play and we brought this guy back. <laughs> you got to meet him." And that was that. And I had had an agent at the time, Sid Levine. Right. We t- I, you talked about that on the podcast, Frazier. What do you yes. call you, Frazier? He called you Mr. Frazier. Frazier. He was They're doing a reboot. We got to get you on it. <laughs> As painter number two. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or a new character. Kelsey's stock got to be down, though, doesn't it? So Patty Wu of the Wu. I thought it was 95. I thought it was 95, but. Might have been 95. Okay, so 25 years. So Patty Wu, who is, she's still. Agency. She's a manager now. She's a manager. I walk into the office where Holly, who later became my manager, is now also out of the, or she is out of the business. And you're laying on the on the couch on the couch in the waiting room. I think it was just towards the end of the day. And I'm like, is this a court? Is this a courier? I hope so. Is this who's this guy? Is he, this is an assistant? Uh, what's? And you're like, oh hey, I'm Dan. I'm one of the agents. I was like, I like this guy. He's just chilling in the lounge. I probably had just started there. That was probably my first agent job. Because you're a couple years older than me. A couple. <laughs> reminds you constantly. <laughs> you grew and, uh, up that, together. My, my IMDb age, my age is not on IMDb. Oh, wow. Nice. No, it's okay. No, how I'm, do I I'm get mine off? I'm how about to turn get, 53. How do you, uh, how, can, we get my, can we get my age off IMDb? Is that possible? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Everything is known. It's now. everywhere else. Mine used to always be 61 when I was born. And then someone finally clued him in. It's like, I wanted that one extra year to live. 
<laughs> Kevin, if we took it down over there, it's somewhere else. You know, yeah. oh, it's, under, it's on your alias trading card, maybe. <laughs> or my Buffy trading card. I do have quite a few trading cards. So we met there, and then we have been – our careers, I like to say, have kind of progressed together. We – have been at four different agencies together. Now, wait a minute. At the time, though, Dan was the bump up, though, right? Because you you had an agent. And then- Sid Levine. And I had to call Sid and tell him. And you said, Sid. Sid, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to move on. You. I'm too big for you. That's and he was, you know, I remember him saying to me, Kevin, I knew this day was coming. <laughs> I knew this day was coming, Kevin, and I wish you nothing but success. Which is and, why uh, we're pitching Dan the Sid Levine story today. <laughs> I think you should play Sid, Kyle. You would be a oh great Sid. Oh, my God. I, would, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever met him. Sid Levine? You know, we all know each other, you know. But I'd like to say something I've noticed about you over the years is that anytime I meet a cast director or another agent or somebody associated with the business of casting or somebody that I would meet, Allison Jones, Meg Lieberman, these kind of, you know, casting director luminaries they all love they all love you though oh we love dan we love dan and what is it i mean i i know that's kind of a reputation kevin yeah i i mean but how does one establish a great relationship what is that um well no no i mean i'm not saying what is it about you that love but like as an agent you know what is the approach i'm just curious like what is the approach straight shooter Yes, what he says. because I can't say that. I can't Honestly. say it's my even temperament, but it, it would be. Oh, do you have a little bit of a temper? Not as much as I used to. Really? But I would say, Interesting. Uh, yes, straight shooter. Give you have gone through quite a few assistants over the years. Is that attributed to your... It's normal. You know, my father says the same thing. He's like, every time I call there, there's a new guy. What happened to them? You know, <laughs> That is also the evolution of life. No one is going to stay as a talent agency assistant for, uh, I haven't, I haven't seen my agent, Michael Green in about nine years, probably, you know, but I remember the thing was they would always be changing offices. And there was always like, this is the one we found it. This is the perfect home for us. And then a month later, they would have moved somewhere else. Hi, Kyle. It's Michael Green. The reason why, yes. Why have you been moving so much? It's Michael Green. The reason why we change offices, Kyle, Real estate in LA is very expensive. Oh, I know. it must be crazy. It must be and see. It's funny. I was thinking this morning, like when you were at Metropolitan. So after after Patty Wu, we went to Michael Bloom which with was, Holly and Holly and Zoe. Holly and Zoe, which was on a great space on Sunset and Doheny. Beautiful building. And then Metropolitan, which was an uh, agency, which was in that like old kind of castle. Uh, that old Allegedly home. the old gatehouse for Fremont Place in Hancock Park. Wow. Cool. I love it. It's Hancock a film Park. editing. It's been fixed up. It's very nice. Yeah. But yeah but I, remember having to, I remember having to go and pick up scripts when there was an audition <laughs> from the box. Yeah, the box. Yes, the bin. <laughs> that was the old way. Pre- uh, getting back sides and other sides. Don't now, worry. thankfully, everything's a lot more eco-friendly. I had done Felicity, right? And there was a part that came in. And I thought, 
this, I am not right for this part at all. We've talked about this. The guy's supposed to be in his mid-40s, overweight, balding with a ponytail and a Motley Crue t-shirt was the description. I, I always pictured, when I read it, I pictured the Simpsons, the comic book store owner. That is what they were going mm. for. Right, right. And you were like, just go in, JJ. You know, you're always the just go in guy. <laughs> Sing for your supper. No, I thought it was one of those roles that could do anything. And I argued with, um, I teased her for years about it, Janet Gilmore, about that. So know. they didn't even want to see me for that? Because you was not written like you. Right. And I said, you know, he's done, you know, I know JJ. You were wrong for the role. Felicity, like, yeah. why not try this? This could be, this could be anything. It's one of those roles that could be anything. And they saw me and yeah, I ended up getting the part that day. Like they called Kyle that day wow. and said that they had hired me. And yeah, there's no and once we've, yeah, no test uh, because they were so concerned about probably landing some of the larger roles on the show. They just yeah. said, this is JJ's guy. Right. And I remember seeing, watching the screening of the pilot with you, Dan, it was at the theater, maybe on the, at Disney. And I remember you turned, do you remember what you said to me after the pilot? I said something about he's gonna be he's gonna be huge, JJ. <laughs> JJ. Yeah. JJ's gonna like, be he's gonna Kevin. be Spielberg. Yeah, you said he was gonna but be the next Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah, no, that that was one of the maybe three or four pilots that I've seen in thirty years where I was like, wow, this is a game changer. And I you said was, that to me, yeah. and I was like, what? Really? You think? Oh God, that's so exciting! So then we went to the upfronts, which explain real quick what 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 those are and how they've you know changed over the years but at that time they were kind of network, a big to-do the, the network petting zoo i like to call it <laughs> exactly or four days of the same bar mitzvah it's um <laughs> they didn't have they haven't had it for the last couple of years well the last year i guess two years but it's all the upfront they sell all the advertising to madison avenue and they show them all the new show, fall shows wow. and they parade all the talent in and all these it's dog and pony different presentation and then afterwards it's a bunch of drunk madison avenue guys meeting all the talent getting all excited and lining up and taking photos with uh mm. the cast of these shows and, and in exchange days, it's i'm gonna four. call it a meet and greet and a grip and grin yeah <laughs> kyle you've done a lot of those of course <laughs> pre-pandemic they they scaled them down over the last couple of years but they would really bring out the stops i mean these huge parties at like walman rank at, at central park <laughs> yeah. You know, with Fox and CBS. It's got to be. And the power of the uh, major networks has to be diminished now, I'd imagine. But yeah, we missed it. Uh, they didn't have it this year or last year. It's a real rite of passage, especially if you're a young actor and it's your first TV show. It's super fun. They fly you in. I mean, everything is like ultra first class. I mean, you're not just staying in a nice hotel. You're staying at the... Actually, Kevin, I think at the time, you, the first time you stayed at the uh, Trump, uh, yeah, Trump, Trump Columbus Trump. Avenue. Yeah, or I did. And that, wow. That was that, that and then and then four seasons the year I hope after you that. Were proud. I hope you were. <laughs> well, I remember I remember uh, uh the practice was the show that was the big hit on ABC, and they were the dog and pony show before the cast of Alias for our first year. So they're out on stage, and <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, who Kyle and I <laughs> Kyle, you've been on a number of times a number of times, but train wreck we played once, mm -hmm. not long mm -hmm. after that. Uh we, before, they knew better, yeah. <laughs> before they knew any better yeah before they knew any better and uh 
I remember Jimmy coming out and saying like, uh, yes, I'm as surprised as you are that I, they, ABC has hired me. Then the practice is out there and Dylan McDermott walks off stage. We're in the wings about to go out, Jennifer, Victor, me, Ron, and Bradley Cooper. And he looks at me and he's like, don't fuck it up. <laughs> he like swaggered off stage. I was like, what? Oh God, I'm going to fuck it up. What am I going to do? I can't believe I'm so nervous. And, uh, you but you really don't do anything. You walk out, you walk on stage. They're like, hey, they show a clip. It's like the cast of Elias, you wave, and then you walk <laughs> off. And you're like, wait, you spent $12,000 yeah. flying me and my everybody in and putting me up and, and that's the product. it. Yeah, you're the thing. Yeah, super fun. I, have a but question. I remember, Kevin, we came out of the hotel. This freaked me out. We came down from the hotel and there was a guy, they, they know where everyone's staying. Yeah. And there's a guy on the sidewalk with a picture of you from the X-Files. Yeah. Like sign this. And I'm like, wait, how did he know you were here? And he had the right photo. I mean, it was just, you know, mind blowing. I, I never understand that. Like we'll I'll go to places and then there's guys who will just whip there's out photos from the airport. There are leaks at the airport and they're pros. They're actually hired to go. Yeah. They'll have photos from me like a Buffy or X-Files or Alias or whatever runaways. Kyle, like you probably get that all the time. Like how do they find running you? shtick that we have is that I don't like the pros. And so I'll give them a quiz. Will it be at the hotel or the airport or something? And it cracks Jack up when I ask him questions. Um, can you name uh, three songs off our uh, first record? <laughs> and of course they don't know. But then it's so funny to watch them try. <laughs> and, then, and then I just I shut them out. I don't like the pros. I don't know why. It doesn't really take that much time. But I, ha I have a rule for those guys. It's like sign one. You're not going to sign 30. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. I, I also remember... The first year of Grey's Anatomy. Were you there with us? Were you there that year with me? Do you even remember? I was there with you every year, I think. You were there, yeah. Well, we we like the piled around. All the Polaroids to prove it. Yeah, the Polaroids. Because, <laughs> Kyle, they used to, you would have to take them, the ad people would take a Polaroid with you. Uh, you know, it was like the end of Hangover. Or the <laughs> yeah. And you could tell, like, which one was year two or three because Jen stopped showing up. And then it's like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll go to any yeah, of them. Like, as long as they keep asking me to go, I'll go. <laughs> you put them on the uh, you put them on the Did We Do It website. I think I, I believe it's <laughs> called a Boondoggle. So going back to the hotel, and this kind of inebriated kid starts walking towards me. Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> hey, dude. Oh, what's up? I'm Tr. Dude, it was Tr Knight. He's like, I'm. I'm. We just. I'm on a new show, and I just have to say, I kind of patterned my character a little bit after you. Oh my God. Th thanks, buddy. That's so nice. What's the show? It's called Grey's Anatomy. What's it about? I think I saw, yeah, I think I saw the clips, like a, a doctor show. Yeah, we're all nude. And, I'm, and I was like, dude, I think I had had a few cocktails. I was like, dude, it's tough. It's tough. My medical shows, you never know, but good luck. You gave him a point? I gave him a point. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. And it turned yeah, out. Right. I think we were canceled the next year. And later. they went on to run for 16 years. Like, How many we seasons? were immediately canceled. Alias How many was seasons was it? Seven? Nine? What did you guys run? We did five Eight. seasons. But it was only because actually Jen, God bless her, she, did, she wanted to have babies and she didn't want to do it anymore. So they tried to bring the in Rachel. Season? Oh, my God. You brought in. They brought in Rachel Nichols to be kind of the new. How many times have we seen that? Or <laughs> they tried. Like, ah, we can keep the money machine going for one more year. 
And then, so what? No, that's the hard. Paul Provenza, Northern Exposure. Right, or even X Files when uh, when our boy uh, Robert Patrick came in. Right, didn't they kind of try to? Oh, did they reboot? And Annabelle uh, Shiora, they they kind of that was the new Mulder and Scully. Oh, you know, do you get that a lot? Like when you when you from your from your desk, do you hear that a lot? Like shows trying to keep keep on the air and and you know. Uh, let's we want to Sam and Diane cheers kind of less, yeah. less than that less because of the streaming universe like they tend to do things three four seasons and then they're done right right but yeah if something's kicking off cash like that they would everybody wants it to keep going that's what I always loved about the Brits when they do like two seasons the story's been told of the office or whatever <laughs> Just, you know where it's like yeah tell the story you're done with it move on Cool. Yeah, everyone has a lot of money at stake. I mean, you want to keep the money train going. And if some sure. of the creatives still have a story to tell. Yeah. You see it less and less of those, you know, 16 seasons. I mean, <laughs> it's such a, like, Grey's Anatomy network television. It's such an anomaly now. I what can't tell this? you. Let me, can I pitch Dan on a show real quick? Yeah. A procedural <laughs> starring Kevin and me. Yeah. CSI Los Feliz. Wait a minute. You know what, what I do mean? we do? What's our special skill, though? What do we? Well, it's a comedy, so we're making fun of the genre. So, you know, okay. Just, that's my pitch as an agent. Like when I'm talking to people, I'm like, yeah, you don't really want to do a procedural. You know, you could do the next CSI Culver City, but like, you don't really. You yeah, know. but has anyone ever done the yeah the parody? Of- There's a new. I think there is a new NCIS. I think it's going to be in Hawaii. Oh, dude! Can you get me on that? That sounds good. I'd love to go to Hawaii. I'll do a set visit to Hawaii. <laughs> Come on out! I remember when you showed you up to ukulele music. Kyle, do you have a ukulele? Oh, music? sure. I do. Of course, I do. Let's hear a little. No, I guess I don't. Is the answer? <laughs> no, it sounded good. That first chord sounded very, very Hawaiian. We were very good there. Um, I'll come visit you in Hawaii. Bring clubs. Now, what about the reboot madness? Do you seeing a lot of that? Like shows just they're constantly rebooting. I've noticed. Yes, and I think I don't think it's necessarily lack of originality. I think there's you know when you have 500 shows on, I think people want something that is recognizable that people are going to like. Oh, that seems familiar. I'll go watch that. I remember reading this thing that brand identification is so powerful. That even failures, the name was out there and they promoted it enough, they will reboot it as power. You know, people love the recognizable. Yeah, I can't tell you how many emails. There have been movies that have been unsuccessful that they've turned into TV shows. I'll I'll think of one in a second, but but yeah, exactly. It's just it's the same way. Also, like a lot of TV shows are are IP, where there it's books as well. You know, something that's recognizable. It cuts through the noise as opposed to something more important. But what's sad now is I'm so old that like I'm covering, you know, I'll be covering a show or reading a script or something like, oh yeah, I covered this the first time it was around. <laughs> Gossip many, girl for sure. Exactly. How many scripts do you think you've read in your career? Dan? Oh my God. I mean, pilots alone, a hundred a year, easy. So wow. 3000, but I mean. Uh, do you ever just like, I can't, I can't, I can't, or they're so bad that you just, I can't get through this one. You know what? The stuff that it comes to me, it's already being made generally. I mean, I have, okay. you know, everyone like, you know, the gynecologist has a spec and like this one has a spec <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, there's those that are just terrible. But uh, the stuff the that's coming Gynecologist scripts are the worst too. <laughs> well, Kyle, you get stuff sent to you all the time, like music, right? I mean, don't you? Like, hey, nope. could check out my song. Oh, well, we have the cupboard of dreams where we get CDs on the road. 
with people <laughs> like it shows. And then we put it in the cupboard of dreams. I want to ask a question to Dan before yeah. I know you have to go. For this, for everybody out there. And this is a question I'm sure so many people have the dream. They want to come to Hollywood yeah. and they say, how do I get an agent? And I'm wondering from an agent themselves, what advice would you give to people coming in fresh off the bus? Are you going to go perform on a hay truck, Robin Williams? I'm going to do episode out. seven. I love, I love, <laughs> I, I called Kevin, I'm listening to the podcast and I'm like, wait, you're talking about Robin Williams. Why are you not? I stopped the podcast and I'm like, why didn't you talk about the Robin Williams story? Uh, <laughs> Meeting him when I was in high school. Sure. Like, just keep listening and shut up. Um, <laughs> no, but I love I don't that think story. I said shut up. I love that. I love that story because yes, it is what Robin Williams told you, which is like, if you want to do this, just do it. And I think what people are really fortunate now, you know, where Kevin, when he was in high school, he did have to actually go and perform on the back of a hay truck or do Buffalo Nights plays and hope somebody like me would show up where now no one wants to do those, which no one wants to do those. No one really wants to go to those. We <laughs> happen to be there. No, we happen to be there. We had a client doing one of those, the, you know, Corey Barton. Yeah. Well, in that play, we did get quite a bit of attention. It had been done by the Ethan Hawke's company. It's a, a, a notable art form. People go to the theater, yes. No, people go. And you know what? You guys, like your shows were terrific and you guys had a great reputation and, and they were always well attended. But, you know, for somebody moving out here and they're going to do, you know, the Glass Menagerie at the North Hollywood <laughs> you know, Theater, you know. So Kyle, take that off your list. I know you wanted to do Glass <laughs> Menagerie. I did, play the, gentle, I did yeah. play the gentleman, gentleman caller. caller I know. No, Kyle, we're not going to do it. We're not doing it. Power zip. Money zip. <laughs> but, but now you can go out, you can shoot a movie on your iPhone and you can put it up on the internet. And if it's really great, it gets out there and it gets into those festivals. And that is the advice of all, all today, isn't it? It is a different world. And I'm, I'm kind of being ground. But there is that. Net, it's like getting into SAG, getting an agent. They're kind of the two crucial things that have to happen if you sort of want to be real, you know, in this town. And I think people... usually there's a few steps before you get to me. And that's usually, you know, wh when I sign someone, you know, look at me and Kevin, I'm stuck with him for like 26 years. You we're know, gonna, we're going to die holding hands. <laughs> I think I'm going to be uh, 92 years old. I'm going to be in the corner at APA. I'm going to have I'm looking at my future. Yeah. I'm going to say like, Hey, where's my Jack lemon in, you know, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross role, Dan, I need that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're going to be blue in uh, old school, the reboot. <laughs> That'll be the, no, but it's usually like, you know, a casting director that finds you and for them, they can hire you one time or bring you in on one audition. And they're not in that, they're not embedded with you for 20 years when I sign someone, you know, so it's harder for an agent to like kind of start someone out, but you know, that one job, you know, then the casting director says, Oh, I brought this guy in and I hired him and you should meet them. Um, I get those calls all the time your roster if you were if you were a manager you know if you were dave roberts you know your your roster's pretty consistent i feel like you've had you know you've got stashwick you've got me you've got cudlets like you've got your your guys and your women and then how often do you bring new blood onto the onto the rotation probably almost never <laughs> every no every no every year and that's still super fun i mean we just signed a girl out of juilliard this year that you know was so spectacular it's like undeniable and she actually got a series about a minute later. So that's that's super fun. But there's younger people in my office that now do that. Or if I see someone, I'll say, hey, you guys should look at this. Right. Like, for instance. Oh, listen, people get people, you know, still do leave. And no, you're always signing in new people. You just don't do it. I do have a steady, you know, a good roster. So it's. 
you know, I don't have to do 20 a year, but you know, there's a few, it's still fun to find someone new. And, and people get old. <laughs> you need people to play high schoolers and college. And yeah. Yeah. I can't just have a bunch of middle-aged old white guys. Yeah. Kevin. Wait, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin. Wait, I always wonder this too. Like we've sort of run into this with like typecasting. Like, you know, after I did, alias it was a lot of hey does kevin want to be a computer guy again you know and uh we, we've been able to kind of break through that wall uh and you said how much of course i will well now i do then i was like i'm not yeah, playing the computer right. now i'm like i'll do the computer guy. Yeah. is that something you run into not just with me but like in general and how do you how do you navigate that is it difficult to get people seen or considered for stuff they haven't done i always feel like why is hollywood still because I heard Jake Gyllenhaal talking about this. Like, he'll have to do something else. Like, after Nightcrawler, it's like, he only plays the crazy guy really well. Because their job isn't to to broaden the actor's spectrum. They're trying to just make the best show they can. What, what do they care if the actor's... Of course. So I'm asking Dan how difficult it is, well, that's is why it it's for you that's to convince people. Yeah, no, that's why it is important to have a good agent. Because I think everyone does remember you for the last thing that you did or the most iconic thing that you did. Right. So... You know, and Jake Gyllenhaal, it's like everyone remembered Nightcrawler. They think of him for that. But yeah. you have to go into the well of, you know, like you have to go back in the resume. You have to go three jobs back and remind people of those other jobs that they do. It's just crazy to me. You have to remind people. It's like, why are people in Hollywood so, you know, myopic? You see something last week, you know, I say it all the time. I don't fault them at all. It's just like, that's what they remember for you. You know, it, it speaks to your you know, how good it was. It's like, that's what they remember you for. And yeah, uh, you just have to remind them of that. Just give them a little bit. But listen, if there's someone that has never done, this is always funny. It's like, if there's someone that's never done comedy for 30 years, like, maybe there's a reason that they haven't done any comedy. <laughs> right, right, right. You're not necessarily, like, you're not necessarily reinventing the wheel. But if somebody was on, you know, like, you could see Brian Cranston after, like, you know, Breaking Bad, they're like, ooh, can he be funny? You know, yeah, it's like, hello, Malcolm in the Middle. That seems hilarious. Know, yeah, which we started watching yesterday. Um, but Malcolm, uh, you started watching Malcolm, yeah, Luke and I, yeah. Oh, nice, but watching all the you know, we Classics. finished the class, which they are also rebooting. The you watched the original head of the class the with Luca, five seasons, five oh. seasons ahead of the class. Brad Pitt was in like episode three of season one or something. I was like, oh my God, wait a minute. Of head of the class? Yeah, who's that? That's hilarious. That is hilarious. I don't want to brag or name drop, but Brad and I did pee next to each other at the Golden Globes uh, the the first year of Alias when we were nominated. And we did the thing where you just looked forward, Kyle. You know when you're peeing? Sure. Yeah, it's it's a social, uh, you know, more, yeah, thing. It's a male thing. But then we did kind of, he looked over at me, we nodded, and then he walked out and he was like, he kind of pointed, he was like, love your show, man. And then I was like, thanks, dude. And I pointed back. I didn't say love river runs through it or anything like that. I just pointed back. But then I regretted, like, why didn't I say I loved river runs through? Because when you're in the end zone, pretend like you've been there, kid. (laughs) I peed with Rob Lowe at the upfronts. Oh, listen. There you go, you know, back to the upfronts. Yeah. Well, I, you, I feel like you know everybody, though, Dan. I mean, yeah, you're, I you're kind of the mayor of Hollywood. Did you? Have and, you Matt, and Matt and Matt Walsh at the SAG Awards, but you know, we we talked about you in the line. You know, <laughs> Matt's a great guy. That's right. He's a very funny guy. Fun. Am I allowed to talk about like the last you know podcast? Of course. Is that Evergreen? <laughs> previous episodes. So you're saying then that when you're 
when you're pitching, are cast and directors amenable now because everything is being filmed at home to just like, oh yeah, fine, send it over? Or are they still being restrictive? Like, we don't want to be overloaded with tape, Stan. They are overloaded with tapes. It depends what it depends what it oh, is. God. But you also don't want to waste like your actor's time. Like I'm not just trying to like I want to get you right. a job. Like I'm not trying to just like keep, keep <laughs> busy work. Like, oh, just go make this tape of, you know, you doing you know, no, but if the work, if you, if your work speaks to it, like if you can prove if, and a lot of times when you remind people of things, they're like, oh yeah, he can do that. Or yeah, I could see that. Right. That's, that's what comes in. If you've well, done that the same thing, if you've done the same exact thing for your entire career, like, yes, it's hard for your agent to like. Have you ever gotten reports from the set that Kevin was standoffish and not really <laughs> friendly with fellow actors? Aloof? No. Yeah, aloof. I don't, th- I don't think, I don't think um, Kevin and aloof. Have ever been mentioned in the same sense. Right. Have this I ever got gotten bad from feedback from the Runaways? I know that you were. Have I ever got? No, I was not. I was. No, no, no. I was so. I was a mentor to the young actors on the Runaways. I was very friendly, but it was a very chatty group of adults on the show. So I had to remove myself to just like keep my energy. My, you know, the energy. Yeah, like get the hell out of there, Kevin. Come on. Yeah, I had to go sit. Were you aloof, Kevin? <laughs> Were you self-described aloofness? Or, or... Well, Annie likes to joke about it. They all would be like, where's Kevin? I had them set up like a little area for me that mm-hmm. I could just go chill and read. and Because we would all have to be on set like for the whole day because a lot of group scenes, you go back to the trailer, it takes forever. So oh, I'm like, God. yeah, that's cool. I just don't want to sit here and small talk all day. No. I want to save my energy. That's just my thing, you know, know. and that's, I'm ready to rock when I'm one time to rock. Yeah, some people, but of course yeah, I was respectful. People and they love the, the chit chat, small talk. And it's like, God, downtime. Let me, yeah, let me go back to the trailer and have a, yeah, and we couldn't a lot of times just the way that it was set up. So I was like, that's cool. I'll just go over here and read. No, I was, I'm, my mother instilled this in me. She was, she, when I first started working, Dan, she was, and she loves you, by the way. She said, I told her you were coming on today. And she was like, Dan, so cute. Tell him I said hello. She loves you. Like going to a Buffalo Night show or a show or premiere. She's so proud still. <sighs> I like, you're part of the family, Dan. Yeah, you're number one fan. You know, but I mean, that's like, you're, you're, you're part of the family. My mother told me that she's, when I first started working, she was like, be nice to everyone. Everyone is there to do a job. I'm like, yeah, you're right, mom. What is the thing, uh, before we let you go, what are the things about your job that you love and what are the things that you just absolutely abhor? I mean, I'm still a super, well, what I love is I'm still a super fan out here because I just loved watching, you know, TV and movies and I still, still enjoy it. I'm still- We do talk a lot about, like we, we like to, we love to gossip about shows. Yeah, you know, I work with people like not- now but like i've worked with people over the years that thought like oh being an agent would be cool and then they go home at night and watch basketball games and it's like no you gotta love this stuff like i love you know when i put you on you know when there's a show like you know better call saul whatever that i'm just loving it's it's still super fun for me i thought of a funny thing about better call saul i didn't tell you this damn we were talking about people like approaching us i went to the doctor and he was like dr dr waxman he was since retired you want to buy a watch? And I was like, what? Do, do you want to buy a watch? Uh, n- no. He's like, I'm doing Better Call Saul. I saw you on Better Call Saul. I was like, oh, I'm not, I wasn't thinking about that. I wonder if moment. people realize how many times for them doing the bit, your bit for you, they really want you to share in that pleasure as much as they. Yeah. By the way, I wanted to talk about, we did, you know, I was at the Actors Gang Space 1999 
uh, or Party Like It's 1999 uh, New Year's oh, Party. The, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, God, we threw some yeah. crazy. I had like sort of a little bit of an actors gang connection before I even met Kevin. With with no, it wasn't really a connection. It was I had a client that that took me. He's like, oh, you got to check out the show. So when you guys were talking to Jr. and and uh, he was talking about cool cops and uh, kick ass militia, I was like, oh, I went to those shows. Yeah, uh, yeah. We so were, it was uh, uh, yeah, we fun were, to hear him talk about. But I went to that New Year's party and it was everything you described. Dan, I know that you weren't a big fan of uh, Famish. Uh, Kevin, what was the what was that? I'm sorry. <laughs> Remember Famish, our uh, our show that uh, Kevin and I wrote together. Vaguely. Oh, wow. Wow. See, it didn't really matter. that big of a, yeah that big of a fan. Look at I Kevin mean, is just hiding his hands I'm in more, um, what It was versions of us. Remember, we were trying right. to. No, no, I, I vaguely remember, but I, I'm more of the um, children's the the, the chickens. Oh, the farmhouse jubilee. Yeah. Farmhouse jubilee. Yeah, we cut we another we failed project of Kevin and us. <sighs> We have so many failed projects. No. How, how do we, we should get that going how again. How do we avoid Insider, that? You know, the entourage was like a unicorn in the sense insider Hollywood projects are always yeah. to sell. Remember action. You know, it's like until, until it gets sold, you know, you know, it's, it's the dumbest rule. You know, everyone says like, oh, this is going to be a tough, like a Western is going to be a tough sell. And then they go and make right. Unforgiven and then you have 10 years of Westerns yeah, or a female driven kind of the angle on it. I mean, or the, yeah, the take on it, if it's original. But, what about the business that you have, you seen that's changed or that you don't like anymore or that you think can be changed? Is there anything that comes to mind or are we getting into some deep waters there? It's, there's so much about that, but yeah, yeah. no, there's still, um, no, I listen, I love dealing with people and like, you know, millennials love to, you know, some of that personal connection is lost. Like a lot of things are like agenting through text and email now. Right. Yeah. You know, I still, it's still. Do you talk to me the most out of all your clients? <laughs> Probably. You're old school, Kev. Yeah. But that's, a, that's always personal stuff. Um, yeah. No, I still like that that personal touch. But no, it's not, I don't think it's really changed that much. The volume is so different now. And it's a year round. You know, there's no downtime ever anymore. The but traditional like, pilot season is no longer. Yeah. That's, that's, that's done. It's a year round. Is it all done? Is for like, like it's official. There's still like a network pilot season. I mean, we're in it right now. I got 800 emails while we were just talking actually. (laughs) On a Sunday, um, on a Sunday. On a Sunday. Sunday. Are any, are any of those about me, Dan? (laughs) (laughs) Let me just see. Let me me search for offer (laughs) and Kevin and see if anything. Oh my. I mean, I did like, not yet. I mean, I really. Audition for a day. Well, uh, you know, you'll call me tomorrow morning. We'll we'll check in on that one. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we just say, oh, audition for Dayquil. I don't audition for Dayquil, so Okay. Nyquil only. Nyquil right. only. Should we wrap this up? Are we feeling Do good? It. Let's wrap yeah. it. We got, I got it. I got a tennis game to go play. Yeah, are you nice. you're playing tennis now? A new it's a new pandemic pursuit. I like it. Did you play when you were younger? I did play when I was younger. I took a, a 35 year break and, and started last year. Wow. Great. I love that. Kyle's been leaning into golf really, yeah, really strongly. It's a great, right another great Pando activity. I think we yeah. got it. Yeah. So yeah. The bike thing was always there. Like that's like the greatest Pando activity. Dan Barron, ladies and gentlemen, Hollywood agent, one of the best oh, in the business. You guys are the best. I love, I love the show. It's fun. Dude, thanks I, so much. I'll listen even when I'm not on. Was a really good guest. He talked about the business and all the rest. 
talking about Kevin and all the things he did. That's what he did. I don't have any more. That's great. Dan Barrett. <laughs> and all the things he did. <laughs> Love you guys. All right. I'll see y'all later. Peace. Everybody for coming to Did We Do It. Did We Do It. everybody please like and subscribe please like and subscribe it will really help me Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.